the service of prayer and preaching for Holy Tuesday, the Tuesday in Holy Week, April 4th, 2023. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and repents of evil. Jesus said, If any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Christ was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy will you draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. <coughs> the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. A reading from Jeremiah, the 11th chapter. The Lord made it known to me, and I knew. Then you showed me their deeds. But I was like a gentle lamb led to the slaughter. I did not know it was against me they devised schemes, saying, let us destroy the tree with its fruit. Let us cut him off from the land of the living, that his name may be remembered no more. But, O Lord of hosts, who judges righteously, who tests the heart and the mind, let me see your vengeance upon them, for to you I have committed my cause. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
The introit is verses from Psalm 67, the antiphon coming from Galatians chapter 6, as well as a liturgical text written in the early church years. But far be it from me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. In him is salvation, life and resurrection from the dead. By him we are redeemed and set at liberty. May God be gracious to us and bless us, and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. But far be it from me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. In him is salvation, life, and resurrection from the dead. By him we are redeemed and set at liberty. The epistle is from 1 Timothy chapter 6. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from St. Mark, the 14th and 15th chapters. It was now two days before the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread and the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. For they said, Not during the feast, lest there be an uproar from the people. And while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at table, a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly. And she broke the flask and poured it over his head. There were some who said to themselves indignantly, Why was the ointment wasted like that? For this ointment could have been sold for more than three hundred denarii and given to the poor. And they scolded her, but Jesus said, Leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you, and whenever you want, you can do good for them. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priests in order to betray him to them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. And he sought an opportunity to betray him. And on the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, Where will you have us go to prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him, and wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, The teacher says, Where is my guest room that I may eat the Passover with my disciples? 
and he will show you a large upper room furnished and ready. There prepare for us. And the disciples set out and went to the city and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. And when it was evening, he came with the twelve, and as they were reclining at table and eating, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be sorrowful and say to him one after another, Is it I? He said to them, It is one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread into the dish with me. For the Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. And as they were eating, he took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them, and said, Take, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives, and Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even though they all fall away, I will not. Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, If I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough, the hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going, see my betrayer is at hand. And immediately, while he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man, seize him and lead him away under guard. And when he came, he went up to him at once and said, Rabbi, and he kissed him. And they laid hands on him and seized him. But one of those who stood by drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus said to them, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day I was with you in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me, but let the scriptures be fulfilled. And they all left him and fled. And a young man followed him with nothing but a linen cloth about his body, and they seized him, but he left the linen cloth and ran away naked. And they led Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes came together, and Peter had followed him at a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest, and he was sitting with the guards and warming himself at the fire. Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking testimony against Jesus to put him to death, 
but they found none. For many bore false witness against him, but their testimony did not agree. And some stood up and bore false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will build another not made with hands. Yet even about this their testimony did not agree. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But he remained silent and made no answer. Again the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. The high priest tore his garments and said, What further witnesses do we need? You have heard his blasphemy. What is your decision? And they all condemned him as deserving death. And some began to spit on him and cover his face and to strike him, saying to him, Prophesy! And the guards received him with blows. And as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came, and seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You also were with the Nazarene, Jesus. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you mean. And he went out into the gateway, and the rooster crowed. And the servant girl saw him and began again to say to the bystanders, This man is one of them. But again he denied it, and after a little while the bystanders again said to Peter, Certainly you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. But he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him, Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. And as soon as it was morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council. And they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, You have said so. And the chief priest accused him of many things. And Pilate again asked him, Have you no answer to make? See how many charges they bring against you. But Jesus made no further answer, so that Pilate was amazed. Now at the feast he used to release for them one prisoner for whom they asked. And among the rebels in prison who had committed murder in the insurrection, there was a man called Barabbas. And the crowd came up and began to ask Pilate to do as he usually did for them. And he answered them, saying, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priests had delivered him up. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have him release for them Barabbas instead. And Pilate again said to them, Then what shall I do with the man you call the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, Crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him! So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. And the soldiers led him away inside the palace, that is the governor's headquarters, and they called together the whole battalion, and they clothed him in a purple cloak, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on him. They began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews! And they were striking his head with a reed, and spitting on him, and kneeling down in homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple cloak, and put his own clothes on him, and they led him out to crucify him. And they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. And they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull. They offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him, and divided his garments among them, casting lots for them to decide what each should take. And it was the third hour when they crucified him. 
And the inscription of the charge against him read the king of the Jews. And with him they crucified two robbers, one on his right and one on his left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, Aha! You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes mocked him to one another, saying, He saved others, he cannot save himself. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross, that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also reviled him. When the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, Behold, he's calling Elijah. And someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come and take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, Truly this man was the Son of God. There were also women looking on from a distance, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James the younger and of Joseph and Salome. When he was in Galilee, they followed him and ministered to him. And there were also many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. And when evening had come, since it was the day of preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God, took courage and went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate was surprised to hear that he should have already died, and summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he was already dead. And when he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the corpse to Joseph. And Joseph bought a linen shroud and taking him down, wrapped him in the linen shroud and laid him in a tomb that had been cut out of the rock. And he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph saw where he was laid. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of the people. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of the people. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of the people. We continue with the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, and the Lord's Prayer. You shall have no other gods. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, 
the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We continue with our sermon from C.F.W. Walther on his Good Friday sermon. The text is Luke 23. Uh, He preached this on Good Friday of 1846. From the story of our text, beloved, we see clearly what the characteristics of true repentance and conversion are. In the first place, Christ preaches repentance to the women accompanying him in these words, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. Of the penitent malefactor, we hear first the confession over against his partner in crime when the latter mocked Christ, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. Finally, according to the report of St. Matthew, we hear that the centurion and his soldiers were filled with awe before they in faith declared Christ to be the Son of God. The first part of a genuine conversion is therefore a painful acknowledgement of our sins and a heartfelt anxiety on account of them. Without these experiences, no one comes to a genuine conversion. But since everyone who wants to be saved must first be converted, because without conversion no member of our fallen race can return to God, everyone must first of all realize that he truly is such a great sinner, lost without Christ, as God describes all people. Filled with fear, anxiety, and terror, he must be bowed down, humbled, and softened thereby. Now it is not important to know how and where one can best have these experiences so necessary for the work of salvation? Ah, yes. And see, just today on the death day of our Savior, we are reminded of this in a living way. For there is no better or more appropriate place for us sinners to come to true repentance by first coming to a living knowledge of our sin than the hill of Golgotha, which today we are climbing in spirit and the cross under which we stand in spirit today. Nowhere, nowhere else, Are we so strongly and compellingly summoned to turn to God from the heart as right here? If you ask why that, I reply, because here we see human sinfulness in its highest degree. Further, because we here see the most fearful consequences of sin, and because we here see sin as an unbearable burden. If we want to know what heights the sinfulness of the human race has attained, we must go to Golgotha. For who hangs there between heaven and earth, between two criminals, with arms outstretched, naked and bare, with blood spattering his whole body? Who is it who here is mocked and ridiculed, given vinegar and gall to drink? Who is he who here is slowly being tortured to death? It is not a criminal who is there suffering for his deeds. For he calls to his Father in heaven on behalf of those who are crucifying him, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. One of the criminals himself confesses, This man has done nothing wrong. And after his death, the centurion on duty cries, With a quaking heart, Certainly this man was innocent. 
If the crucified had been only an innocent man, we would still be shocked at the malice of men, that they could bring him to such an agonizing death. But the crucified is more than an innocent man. Yes, more than all the angels and archangels, he is the Son of the Most High God. He is the Lord of glory, the creator of the world, the Lord and God of all men, who out of eternal love took human nature into the unity of his person in order to redeem mankind. He traveled about, preached the truth, did good, and healed all who were overcome by the devil. This is the one whom people took, hanged on the cross, and killed. That was the most shameful, wicked, and cursed deed that has ever been conceived in human hearts and carried out by human hands. Here we see human sinfulness and malice in its highest degree, its greatest enormity, and its most horrid form. Here we see the human heart is capable of the most fearful thing imaginable, namely capable of killing its own creator, capable of killing eternal love. When the sun saw this, it lost its light, as if it could not bear the sight of this fearful drama. And when this deed was done, the earth quaked and the rocks split as though they rebelled against any longer or they rebelled against any longer bearing those guilty of such a crime against their creator. How? Shall we not be appalled that we are human beings and that we belong to a race that has made itself guilty of such a crime of rebellion against the Almighty? When we have seen the Son of God crucified by men, can we still doubt that we humans have fallen away from God and become subjects of the kingdom of darkness? Must we not also beat upon our breast and sigh, Ah, God, be merciful to us sinners? Yet at Golgotha we see sin not only in its highest degree, but also see its most fearful consequences. For what we see here, Christ suffer. He endures not for his sins, but willingly for ours. As Isaiah says, he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. What we see Christ suffering today is what we should have suffered eternally on account of our sin. He endured the most terrible pains, from this we see that our sins have deserved eternal pains. He hangs there naked and bare, full of disgrace, ridicule, and shame. From this we see that our sins have deserved eternal disgrace, ridicule, and shame. He thirsts and is not refreshed. From this we see that our sins have deserved eternal thirst without refreshment and eternal languishing. He hangs there in disgrace among robbers and murderers. From this we see that our sins have deserved our exclusion from the fellowship of all holy creatures, and instead eternal fellowship with the children of wickedness and damnation. But Christ was also forsaken by God. From this we see that our sins have deserved eternal rejection also by God. He hangs there in fearful darkness. From this we see that our sins have deserved the darkness of hell without light and glimmer of grace. Christ, the life, dies. From this we see that our sins have deserved eternal death and damnation. If we do not want to believe the fearful threats of the law against sin, on Golgotha God has written them before our eyes in bloody letters so legible that all excuses for our, our doubts are removed. At the cross of Christ is written before the eyes of all people, God carries out what he threatens. Sinner, you must die. But still more. At Golgotha, we also see sin as an unbearable burden. How? If it had been possible for any creature to bear and atone for the sins of humanity, would God have given his only begotten Son into death to atone for them and blot them out? 
If God could have had mercy on people and saved them without such an offering which he himself brought, would he not have spared his own son? Therefore, what an insult against God sin must be. What a violation of his law. What an incitement to his wrath since God could not be reconciled unless God's Son himself shed his blood, since God himself must die if the sinner is to live. How unbearable must the burden of the sin of the fallen world, since no creature but only the Creator could bear it. See, the death of the Son of God on the cross for our sins preaches all this. Therefore nothing else so strongly and compellingly urges us to turn to God with our whole heart because nothing else reveals to us so clearly the horror of our sins. Whoever among us still has not been persuaded by anything to recognize himself as a lost sinner, to be terrified by it in his heart, to fall at the feet of God with remorse and sorrow. Ah, let him finally learn today. As in spirit, he stands at the foot at the cross of the Son of God, bleeding for his sins, that even up to now he has lived honorably before the world so His sins are truly no joke. May he let the suffering which God's Son took upon himself also for his sins finally shake and break his heart. If the law's thunder and lightning from Sinai could not frighten him, ah, let him not also be hardened against the blood of the Son of God that once on this day had to flow on Golgotha so that God could be reconciled to him again and which therefore still louder, still more penetrating to marrow and bone, calls man, repent. Whoever can see Christ die and even then remain secure in his sins and peaceful in his miserable outward uprightness, and who even then does not become anxious and tremble, nothing will arouse such a heart from its slumber. Nothing will bring such a person to repentance and conversion. This is where we end the sermon uh, of Walter's sermon for Tuesday. We will finish it tomorrow on Holy Wednesday. We sing hymn LSB 453, Upon the Cross Extended. Streams from each pore through green.
Is it Lord that bruised you, who has so sore abused you, and caused you all your woe? We all must make confession of sin and dire transgression. your grief and sighing by evils multiplying as countless as the sands I cause the woes unnumbered with which your soul is cumbered sorrows raised by wicked hands. Your soul in griefs unbounded, your head with thorns surrounded. You died to ransom me, the cross for me enduring, the crown for me securing. You healed my wounds and set me free. Your cords of love, my Savior, bind me to you forever. I am no longer mine. To you I gladly tender all that my life can render. And all I have to Your cross I place before me, its saving power restore me, sustain me in the test, it will when life is In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the holy Christian church, here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. 
Lord, have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and the dying, and for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Finally, for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Almighty and everlasting God, grant us by your grace so to pass through this holy time of our Lord's passion that we may obtain the forgiveness of our sins. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them that by the patience and comfort of your holy word we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you, for into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve us. Amen.